0: Today's episode of Brunch is brought to you by DraftKings. The NFL is here and DraftKings Sportsbook, official betting partner of the NFL, is giving you a can't-miss offer. $200 in bonus bets instantly when you bet five bucks on any NFL game. Uh, DraftKings is hooking everyone up with game day greatness. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every single game day. Uh, Download and use the promo code WASH to sign up. New customers can take home $200 in bonus bets instantly just for betting five bucks. That's code WASH only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Brunch. Hit it, boys.
1: We got our first mini episode. We're backish, kind of. How long has it been since we did a real episode? Like a week and a half? Yeah, two like weeks? two weeks.
0: I think. Yeah, that's weird. It, we were planning on doing one uh, just to peel back the curtain a little bit. We were planning on doing one last weekend. We were gonna do the Eras Tour. I saw the Eras Tour in theater, theaters. Um, you were going to, and then you got a flat tire.
1: Yeah, popped a tire, and I likely story told my therapist about this, and she. Knowing my general, she could guess that I probably wasn't head over heels to see that film said, Kind of like when your salad blew away. And I was <laughs> like, you are the you are the coolest therapist in the world. Did you
0: ever tell the story of the salad on the
1: podcast? If I didn't, You've, you've told, told me
0: 9,000 times in personal life. Just because it's your favorite story. It you is. You, like, it want is it's you hilarious. Bring, you
1: get the story. You take the story. I don't give you the story. We walked
0: by the scene of the crime uh, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And as soon as we were walking by uh, sweet green and you go... Hey, I got a cool story for you. I knew exactly what you were about to say. I and you said, like, you know what happened here? And you <laughs> yeah. said
1: the salad blew away. Uh, the, in 20 seconds, I was at Sweet Green sitting outside. My salad blew away, and I was very happy about it, even though I'd sp- we have spoken about it on the podcast because you said it combines your f- two favorite things wasting money, wasting money, and, and eating like, like shit. Eating horribly, <laughs> yeah. Which, guilty. Uh, <laughs> this is a Killers of the Flower Moon episode. Uh, we were unable to do uh the eras tour one for that reason i will say quickly on the eras tour yeah i had a great time
0: i'm glad that it exists like i was expecting a little bit more um behind the scenes stuff for some reason Mm. like i don't know i I kind of was envisioning in my head like a long pond sessions type deal where it's like more documentary like a little bit inter, inter intertwined between like the performances and stuff um but i had a great time i'm really glad that it exists And like, what a party. And Mm -hmm. my theater experience was everything that I wanted it to be. People were like quiet. Nobody was like singing. Uh, Everybody was very respectful. I sat next to uh, like, I want to say like a six or seven year old girl. And she just chimed in with like a little bit of commentary every now and then. And it was adorable. She was like, I like this. She's like she's I, like, I, I want haven't be we heard her. some of
1: these songs already. <laughs> she was this like is a I, different one than She was like
0: folklore is, is, she's not taking enough chances with this. Yeah, she's
1: like oh my god, what a like, what, DJ will love what this. What a girl. safe performance <laughs> this is. I did listen to the live version of uh Cruel, Cruel Summer, Summer yeah. that was put out on Spotify. Uh tons of pitch correction, but I actually thought that it was pretty authentic in not making it sound like she was doing too many things that she wasn't doing the only things that they really did was fix her uh, vocal performance but i thought that there would be like a lot more comping and stuff but the parts like the the run in the chorus the ooh part uh it they they don't fake it sounding like she's doing it that's clearly a track and i liked that it was it didn't bullshit a bullshitter mm-hmm. any more than, again, like tweaking some things to make it sound as good as possible. I'm I do will- love
0: that we're starting out the uh, the new brunch experiment. We're like, OK, we're only focusing on one topic. And this episode this is clearly Swift. titled Colors of the Flower Moon and a little bit of Taylor Swift. But we, we promised you that it wasn't going to be a one track thing.
1: Yeah, that's right. That's right. Because, Pete, the thing is, Killers of the Flower Moon from director Martin Scorsese is a Western crime drama based on the nonfiction book of the same name. The film follows the suspicious murders of wealthy indigenous people in Osage County, Oklahoma in the 1920s after oil is found beneath their land. I was uh, sent down from Washington, D.C. to see about these murders. See what about them? Uh, See who's doing it. Leonardo DiCaprio... And Robert De Niro lead a resplendent cast. What the hell? Lead a resplendent. You don't know that word? No. Never heard it in my life. Rich and just like bursting. Can agree. Uh, Also, Lily, what's my? Gladstone. Lily Gladstone. How about this? Leonardo DiCaprio, Lily Gladstone, and Robert De Niro lead a positively resplendent cast. As of this recording, the film has a 92 on Rotten Tomatoes. Killers of the Flower Moon carries a runtime of 3 hours and 26 minutes. We'll talk about the length, I'm sure, because everyone's got something to say about it. The main thing I want to say about this movie, bounce back Scorsese. I hated The Irishman. I loved this movie. thought this movie it was awesome. I didn't hate The Irishman. I
0: thought The Irishman was disappointing. I uh, have not gone back to watch it, and I don't think that I don't ever will. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, it's it's about exactly the same time uh, as Killers of the Flower Moon, and it is an awesome example of how three hours and like three and a half hours can be used appropriately, and how it can be used not so appropriately. The 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 Irishman. I feel like both of those movies felt very long but i walked away from killers of the flower moon being like that was worth the three and a half hours the irishman not so much
1: yeah let's just get into the length thing i reject the it didn't need to be that long thing because it didn't need to be anything it's a movie it's Mm -hmm. an art it's a something it's a piece of art that an artist made through their lens the way that they saw fit and yes obviously there is uh there, there is a skill of editing and if you, you, it is possible to edit poorly, but this movie being three hours and 26 minutes, I think was a choice and a correct choice because this is a very queasy movie, mm-hmm. and I don't think it would be as queasy feeling—I'm just going to keep using that word—if they tightened it up and did half hour, setting it up, half hour, hello, FBI, half hour, here's what ends up happening. That's a good point. Like I,
0: I, um, I always go back to what our friends at Lights Camera— podcast said at some point where uh the belief is movies should be as exactly as long as they need to be Mm -hmm. and in a lot of cases like that's why i don't like outright complain at a three and a half hour movie i'll see it first and then complain but i mean you make a good point in that like this is a it's a tough watch yeah it's a tough three and a half hours not because the movie is bad but because the subject matter is uncomfortable and it's a lot of like this same stuff over and over and over again but like in a way that it's supposed to be gut punch after gut punch after gut punch and it's supposed to send a message that like yeah you're not supposed to be comfortable you're not really supposed to enjoy the three and a half hours here
1: whereas three hours and 29 minutes of the irishman is the quality isn't there like the the whatever the movie equivalent of like song power isn't really there so uh stretching that out super long is like not every part of that story needed to be told right whereas this i you could do the it could have been shorter thing it would have been different and in my opinion worse i love the pace of it i love how stubborn the pace of it is to your point you're kind of wanting it as you're watching it to break out and i talked to some critics after the screening i attended and they were like and th- that hated it and oh, they really? were like you're just waiting you for it. it to get going and it never did and i was like that's why i thought it was awesome and like what do you, wait, for my purposes wait, 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 it wait. did get going yeah i was going to say like what it Is i don't it understand it gone to the I, back of the head a million times I, that, I don't
0: understand how you can like come away with a take it never got going it was going it the entire up. time yeah i mean so I, I can kind of fall into that camp because you get like two and a half hours in, and you still feel like there's a lot, like a long way to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but like the, it wasn't like it stalled anywhere. And it wasn't no. like I was ever bored. You just like, I think that you're just sitting with it for a long time, and you're like, well, there's clearly a lot more to go. And that can be a little intimidating or maybe uncomfortable in the watching process. But, like, I didn't come away with it being, like, that That was bad at any point. I
1: thought that Leo was fantastic. I thought that Robert De Niro was fantastic. Lily Gladstone. Scott Shepard as uh, Ernest's brother. Mm-hmm. I thought it was great casting. I thought the casting in this movie was fantastic. I complained on Twitter that you can't have both Jason Isbell and Sergio Simpson in your movie. Got to pick one of those guys. You added to that. My man Marty went in on those musical cameos yeah he was i don't know
0: i don't know what kind of influence if it's like a hymn thing or if it's somebody in his ear being like yo you should you should try out this musician
1: famously action bronson was that's in, true
0: right was it Silent Action Caskets Bronson? yeah in the irishman
1: yeah uh but by and large i loved the casting brendan Fraser in something of a bit role jesse plemons we'll talk about the fbi in a second uh the one That caused my text to you of do not look up the cast of this movie was not the musicians, was not Brendan Fraser. It was friend of the podcast, Pat Healy, Mm -hmm. Jeffy. Yeah, I know. It was it was great. As I live and breathe. And he was fantastic. Yeah, he was. He was dropped him a DM after. Said, Hey, just saw your new picture. Thought you were terrific. Hell yeah. You were (laughs) resplendent. Um I
0: I didn't love all the cameos, I'll say. Like uh By the time we got to uh, Jack White at the very end of the movie, I, I, like, legitimately wanted to exclaim in the theater, oh, come on. There were groans in my theater. Really? They were,
1: were like, it was a mix of, like,
0: (laughs) and, like. (sighs) Yeah, I wanted to, I, like, I probably rolled my eyes. um, And then another one that got me, like, Brendan Fraser was good, but his arrival on screen is like laugh out loud funny a like, bit much it is he it is an exclamation point hmm. as
1: in like the case of like
0: we got Brendan Fraser here he is and like it it legitimately made me laugh
1: Something that I learned from this movie, I learned a ton from this movie, obviously. I'm correct in saying that neither of us are readers of The Flower Moon?
0: I am a buyer of The Killers of the Flower Moon, and I think I read like three
1: chapters. Oh. A classic Pete Blackburn book experience. I was told to read it before I saw the movie, and you can't tell me what to do, Mm -hmm. so... I didn't do it. Uh,
0: Yeah, I only read The Queen's Gambit. Right.
1: The big uh, thing that readers asked me about after I saw it was uh, how heavy was the FBI presence. And I said, there's supposed to be an FBI presence because it was a means to an end. Jesse Plemons is great. As I said, Pat Healy was great. The federal agents did their job in the movie, but that was really it. It wasn't as much about the formation of the FBI. Not at all. Right, like, like literally not about the formation of yeah, the FBI. Yeah, so
0: I, that was really surprising to me because, one, I knew that it was like a huge angle in the book, like uh, that these murders were a, played a huge role in the formation of the FBI and um, like its establishment in the early days. Um, but also when the movie was announced— I want to say that Jesse Plemons was announced as the first lead. Whoa. And either that or it was, or it was like Leonardo DiCaprio and Jesse Plemons to co-star in Killers of the Flower Moon. And I'll tell you what Jesse Plemons did not do in this movie. He did not co-star, even though he got the trailers. I was
1: going to say, the trailer suggests, uh, right up until you see the movie, you assume that it's yeah. Leo X Plemons. Yeah, so I wonder what sort of
0: um, tweaks and uh, um, like e- executive decisions were made towards the script uh, when when sort of translating the source material. Because I'm willing to bet that Jesse Plummins probably had a much bigger role in the inception of of the movie. But he doesn't show up until, like, two hour, two and a half hours, right. three hours into into the movie and doesn't play that large of a role.
1: That is a great thought. Like, where in the adaptation process do you decide? Or maybe you don't decide. Maybe, like, the script speaks to you and you're like, you know what? At this point, we'd kind of be forcing the episode. Like, we're so heavily invested in the story of the Osage people. Mm-hmm. And, like, I loved that they like get gave... like that it's an Osage movie and not an FBI movie. Right. Like they because like th- there are those. And obviously like there aren't formation of the FBI movies, but not to say like that's another story for another time. It would be
0: like whitewashing the story.
1: Right. I like right, like this is how like these badass <laughs> yeah. guys came along. And I liked that they really like invested in the characters that were going down. Mm-hmm. The drunk, the yep. melancholy I did not know that melancholy could be used as a noun. Probably going to begin using yeah. it. That was right. Yeah, they say like, that got guy's the me- a. He's no, got they, the- they say he's a melancholy. Oh, okay. they like they, when he dies via a gunshot to the back of the head, they're they're like, well, he, you know, he was a bit of a melancholy. Nobody has
0: ever chunked a murder for hire as bad as the guy who was supposed to kill.
1: Uh, what's his name? Uh, um, Johnny, the melancholy, yeah, the uh, melancholy. The, the, I mean, they chunk a lot of their, their N- not exactly doings. a tidy outfit. Uh, they are kind of the, they're the antithesis of the John Mullaney bit about Golden Joe and the Suggins gang, where I don't know, that one he has a bit about back in the day, all you had to do to get away with a crime was not be there when yeah. people found out about it. Yeah. And like he said like people would take credit for it and they'd be like and if anybody asks tell them it was Golden Joe and the Suggins gang and then they would shoot Suggins into the wall and run away and that would just be it and then they'd be like detective there's a pool of blood in the back. Gross, clean it up. <laughs> uh so this Henry's. is the opposite of it because yeah. they found ways to fuck up things that I would assume you're just routinely getting away with back oh, then. Oh, yeah. 100%. Like, we want this guy Especially gone. when you have political influence. Just asks. Like, I bet that's that's where that came from. Like, nowadays, if you hire a hitman, there's the paper trail and it comes back to you or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, not to say, like, they have the same odds of getting caught if they do it themselves. But back then, the idea of hiring someone to do your business for you did make a lot of sense. How are you going to get – from it's it's so unlikely they're going to find the person who did it, let it's, alone someone who asked them to do it. I know, and especially, like,
0: when you have money and somebody's desperate and they're like, I'll give you $1,000. Just go kill this guy. You're That's not going to get caught. Some
1: of those deals were were kind of tough. Yeah, It was sad for the, the price of uh, a life to those people.
0: Uh, yeah, and I mean – so I, I, I agree with you. I'm glad that, like, um, if something had to get left out from the source material, like, I'm glad that it was the FBI stuff. But my my tweet after I got out of the movie theater was, like, great movie, strong performances, loved it. Would have preferred it to be a series because, like, again, like, it is a tough watch in one sitting, three and a half hours, not because of the quality of the movie, but because of the, uh, the subject matter. Would have liked to see that, like, spread out maybe over, like, eight episodes and you can get more into each character and you can definitely tap more into the FBI angle which I, I, is I think like interesting and if you're again like if you're going to do a movie on it I'm glad that they focused on the Osage and not the FBI but like that was my my like thought I was like man this would have been an incredible miniseries because I left the theater being like the movie felt a little too long but I still wanted more, which yeah. is a really weird feeling to come away with, especially when you really like the movie.
1: I mean, that's how I feel every time I finish Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I'm like, this was a long movie. Shut up. <laughs> Give me more. Uh, I think it's a great thought. I didn't have it, uh, but I agreed when you told me that make it a miniseries. You could, uh, could kind of extrapolate and spread out um, the relationship between uh, Ernest and what's his bride's name? Um, Lily Gladstone's character. Molly because Molly, uh, that character was great she was amazing Molly she was, was going to get nominated yeah. for stuff Should. Um, but you could have done a little more on like the courting process which was interesting because a big part of this movie is uh, that this guy Ernest who's very much in on it and is even in on it to the point where he's poisoning his wife loves this person mm-hmm. and is like yeah but like so, we don't want my wife to die. Like, get into that love,
0: then. Yeah, I mean, I, I um, that was one of my favorite parts of the movie is just like the complexity of the characters. It's not. It's very much not like a all evil, all. Well, I mean, I guess for some characters, yeah, Nero, uh, yeah. Um, but like you know, with Ernest's character, he just has no fucking spine. Like, I I truly do believe that he like had legitimate feelings for Molly and. Uh did did care about her, but just like a highly impressionable person who has no fucking spine and just does whatever uh, a person of influence in his life tells him to do.
1: Where do you think the scene at the station falls? I think it's definitely on the rushmore, but where do you feel it falls in the Leonardo DiCaprio inebriated scene? realm uh the scene at the station like the one stand
0: where they make him stand yes uh very very high that's um, like two maybe three it's i mean there's you got to have the wolf of wall wolf street of wall street as well Quaaludes. come to mind first yeah, yeah
1: uh a completely drunk uh rick dalton began began making <laughs> yes. margaritas <laughs> yes uh i th- so i think that drunk dalton even though he's drunk the whole movie mm-hmm. but that's like wolf uh, obviously wolf of wall street has several scenes that could uh be in contention but you're right the drive back from uh the golf course or to the golf course whatever yeah the drive back from mm-hmm. the uh country club but uh once upon a time in hollywood has like three of those scenes too when he's True. supposed to be uh when he's hung over trying to prepare for his scene yep and he's like <laughs> I mean, the, six margaritas, stupid. He's like beating himself up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Number one for me, though, is probably just because of the the narration was so good. The, like at 8 p.m. A completely drunk Rick Dalton. Uh, but his scene when he's getting questioned and he's just pissed drunk was fantastic. He, he
0: plays a drunk extremely well. Uh, I mean, great performance in this movie all around from from him. Doesn't look great. Some of it's by design. Uh, some of it, I think, is maybe Leo time? Leo losing his fastball a little bit. Oh. Um, but who does look great and who has, you said, bounce back Scorsese. It is for sure bounce back Scorsese. But I think, like, to an even stronger degree, it's bounce back De Niro. Because De Niro hasn't been impressive in anything, in in a little bit, I think he said.
1: Did you say that recently? Did you point that out? Yeah, like he's D- his batting aver- his batting
0: average is not great uh recently, and he just seems to be mailing in a lot of things that he's doing, including the Irishman. Don't, I would I was say. Gonna say,
1: don't say dirty, Grandpa. No, <laughs> we will disagree on this. Um, he was really good. He was he was awesome
0: in this movie. I think the strongest performance in this movie is Robert De Niro.
1: Whoa, uh, uh, yeah, I mean it's one of three people.
0: Yeah, I mean, Lily One Gladstone is
1: great. Yeah.
0: I think Robert De Niro was amazing in this movie, and I, I think, like, my leader in the clubhouse for Best Supporting Actor.
1: Yeah, not to say that Lily Gladstone's job is easier, but her job is a little more defined, which is just, like, Stoic. carry the burden of the, of all this shit. Yeah, like, like all wear this it on shit, your face. All this shit fu- is just going to be fucking dumped on you, mm-hmm. and if you can get through three hours and 26 minutes worth of film without your knees buckling. It's a very t- tall task, but it's at least like an outlined task. And, and- whereas Leo's character is a awful person, as you said, spineless mm-hmm. who's in love and is kind of playing two different characters. De Niro is in his kind of De Niro boss bag, like it's
0: it's a so it's not like it's not a cartoonization of of that character who is like you can easily have a cartoony uh William Hale mm. King Hale because that dude is fucking straight up evil and uh, but he he can't present himself that way because he can't have any power. Like, in, if you're telling a a true realistic story of this dude's life, he can't just be like an outright evil person because people would, would see through, see, it. through yeah. it. Yeah, he needs to be a conniving, manipulative guy, and I think that De Niro does an awesome job of portraying that, and and like at points makes you question in the movie. Be like, ah, huh. like wh- where, where's this guy coming from? Is he as Evil as like some some things would suggest, I think it's just an awesome performance, an awesome writing job of that character. The screenplay in this movie is just like a ten thousand out of ten.
1: Oh yeah, and yeah, like the some of the lines. De Niro's scene. I'm thinking specifically after, uh, the death of was it Rita. Where they all huddle up and they're like, yo, like the whole town is like, what is going on here? And he's pledging his uh, support to the cause and all that stuff like that. that, If there's like a 15 minute Robert De Niro highlight reel, that could go in there. Mm -hmm. Yeah and he's got lots of minutes. I
0: party. I mean I think that this is uh this one is going to be heavily heavily featured uh in Oscar season.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: No doubt. I think right now like I think that the it's going pound for pound with uh with Oppenheimer as like Oscar's favorites. I uh I want is Oppenheimer um an original screenplay or is it an adapted screenplay?
1: Uh, it has to. I don't think it's based on. Let's see, Oppen. I don't think that it's based on. Um, written and di- written and directed by Christopher Nolan. Uh, but it is serves. it based off of like
0: a biography or something?
1: oh uh, it is. It's based on American Prometheus by okay. Kai Bird. So that'll be an adapted screenplay.
0: So both of these, I'm gonna have a. That's I can. A- I can tell. I'm gonna have a real tough time uh, deciding where I'm gonna lean and go with uh, for. Best, uh, best adapted screenplay.
1: Yeah, I think that uh, I'm trying to think. Barbie probably gets nominated for best picture, which is absurd. Uh, but like, I don't. I I've get I've been getting less and less. Bo is afraid. Buzz and talk in the like after when Bo is afraid came out. Still haven't seen it. Everybody was like, Bo is afraid. Crazy. Eight twenty four. Uh, it's fucking Joaquin Phoenix. Crazy. Uh, And I saw it, I was like, that's some crazy shit. I get a similar that's crazy feeling that I got from uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once, except Everything Everywhere All at Once gave me like, this is the best movie kind Mm -hmm. of vibes. Bo is afraid. I feel like, I think I kind of understand why maybe some of that buzz has died down. But yeah, like Oppenheimer is going to be there. This for sure is going to be there. It was going to be there whether it was good or bad. The Irishman got nominated for Best Picture. Let's not forget. (laughs) This has been a
0: good year for movies, though. I'll say that
1: yeah i uh and we'll see It'll, man it will be interesting best director this year because you're going to have nolan against gerwig against uh scorsese yeah what else good you, god yeah that's whoever like the other two people who are nominated for that like shout out you guys <laughs> yeah shout out shut out you're bludgeoning <laughs> Shout out y'all you get to say that uh like in sports you still get to put like the i played in that series patch on it's, the it's it's like
0: when uh it's like mac jones getting to say that he is a pro bowler
1: exactly so uh we've kind of r- ran through everything that we like and dislike which is very minimal about this movie where do you go on letterboxd i
0: uh i am right now i haven't officially logged it but i right now i'm leaning four and a half
1: you know what let me grab this because big news uh I did my first Letterboxd review, oh. and it was of this movie. Wait, really? I, yeah. That was your first, first one? Yes. Okay. Let's see what it was. Though its stubborn pace will surely turn stomachs, it's not hard to be floored by everything you see and hear in a return to form for Scorsese, I'll pick up on that after uh the performances are excellent from top to bottom and robbie robertson leaves behind one of the great swan songs with his impeccable score we forgot to say robbie robertson score amazing it uh, is four and a half stars okay Four and a half, four and a half from the boys it's i i, I leave
0: room uh, sometimes we leave room for it to go up or down this one is certainly not going down like four and a half is the floor Mm -hmm. um maybe bumped up to a five at some point i don't know when the next time i'm going to watch this movie is
1: uh i want to see it again as soon as possible we should start calling it if we love a movie and give it uh four or four and a half stars we should say we're leaving room for sugar meaning like we can get a little sweeter on it over time like but it's not going to get worse
0: you you watch succession right yes remember boar on the floor yeah, when, when a movie is like
1: four on great, the floor, four means, on the floor means is, that it
0: goes no no further below a four on Uh
1: Four on the floor is also a, a musical term. drum beat. Yes, yeah. and, and a lot of people like the Lumineers will be like, hey. and that is Killers of the Flower Moon.